Well, amen. Well, this morning we are kicking off a brand new series called The Kingdom. The Kingdom. You know, I, I've been thinking about this and I was praying about the direction where to go uh, in this in a new series. And as we're starting around the corner on this year, um, and I just really just sensed that I had a different direction. I felt like going that I felt like I, I, I wanted to go in. But as I've been just praying and seeking the Lord and just seeing what's going on uh, all around is what I felt like the Lord wanted me to do is to to to, to preach a series of focus on him and his kingdom. Amen? With so much happening, and I'm going to get into that a little bit. In the midst of the world we're living in, such a broken and uncertain world. I don't know if we've ever lived in a time. I mean, I'm only 42, uh, and that's right. I said only 42. And so in, a, in this time that there's been so much uncertainty on so many different levels, right? You know, with COVID, and they say numbers going up, and, and the political landscape, and, a, and the election, and this, that. There's so much uncertainty out there. A lot of people are living concerned and worried to death about the state of our society and the condition of our country. Well, you know what? Worry in the human heart and human mind is nothing new. Jesus told us what we need to do when life is uncertain and worry tries to control our lives. You can turn to Matthew 6, 31, and uh, either in, in your in your... Leather paper Bible on our app. You can, you can get it on our church app, notes, phone, iPad, whatever you're using. Matthew 6, 31. Jesus said this. This is the words of the Lord Jesus. He said, so don't worry about things saying what will we eat, what will we drink, and what will we wear. Now, specifically, he was talking about these, these things, you know, right here. But worries the context, right? You see what I'm saying? Worries the context of this scripture. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows what you need. Now this is, this is the premise right here of this whole series. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously in all, and he will give you everything you need. Now many times I preach this scripture when I'm talking about something that you need and, and God's provision for your life and whatnot. But, but that's, but I, I want you to look at the, the landscape of where we're at in America, where you may be in your mind with worry, with concern, with all these kind of things. And, and Jesus says, if you're worrying, this is what you need to do. You need to seek the kingdom, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Right. And I'm going to get into that in a little bit of all. Not that we can't be involved in other things like politics. Not that we we need to be involved, obviously, in our work. Right. We like to eat and keep the lights and the AC on. Right. You need to go to work. You need to be involved. You need to seek to grow in your profession, in your craft. That, that's fine. You, it's good. To, I, I have hobbies. It's good to be involved in hobbies and different things. That's not wrong. But he says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. And that's why this series is called the kingdom. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your kingdom come and your will be done in this service today, Lord God. In me and through me, Lord, I pray it's not my words that your people hear, and those listening online today and whoever's here, but your words. May it be your words that come forth. Holy Spirit, I need your help. Help me to clearly preach and teach your word. I pray open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to receive it. And most importantly, the grace, Lord God, and the strength and the anointing to live it out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, we see here that Jesus gives us the necessary alternative to worry. Single-minded commitment to seeking God and his kingdom through Christ must be the primary concern of our lives. We need to focus on the greatness of our God 
and the certainty of his kingdom. You see, because all this around us that's uncertain, one thing that is certain is the kingdom of God. And that's why I want to dedicate a whole series to this, to the kingdom of God. And we're going to look at many different facets of the kingdom, like kingdom culture and kingdom identity and peace and other things and authority and, and, and whatnot. I'm not even sure of everything we're going to cover. I got some ideas and some direction, but as we go week by week and as I seek the Lord, that we're going to hit different things. But this morning, you know, we're going to, we're going to start out and looking at the kingdom of God in general. I, I, before I get into that, I love how the message drives this home in Matthew 6, 34. I love it, how it makes it plain, and this is such a good way to put it. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now, and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. Come on, somebody, we can close in prayer right there. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. We all do that. Every single one of us. You know how I know you do that? Because I do it too. Matter of fact, I did it this morning. While I was praying, my mind was going, and I was thinking about some things that may or may not happen. And I'm about to preach this scripture on not worrying, and I felt the still small voice of the Holy Spirit say, why don't you practice what you're about to preach? Amen? I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm human like you, and we all do it. Somebody said, if you're going to pray, why worry? And if you're going to worry, why pray, right? In that moment, as I'm trying to pray and I'm worried, I know those prayers aren't being affected at all. Did you know at the end of the day, worry is sin? Worry is actually sin because worry is not trusting God. We can come to church and we can sing and about, about the Lord and trust in the Lord and put in our hope. But if we're just worrying and not truly trusting him, it's actually sin. I even finished this scripture yet. I started preaching the middle of this verse. But listen how it ends. It says this. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. I like that. I like that. I like the way it says, why get worked up about what may or may not happen? The Lord will help me and you. To deal with hard issues when they come up. Because you know they say like 90% of what we worry about never happens. It never happens. We, we boggle our brains. We get all worked up. We get a bunch of anxiety. We get ulcers in our mouth or in our stomach. We lose hair. We get high blood pressure. We do all kind of stuff or just get irritated or get fearful. And most of it never even happens. See, if you've been in church for any amount of time, or you've been around Christians at all, or if you are a believer in here today or watching online, you've heard or read about the kingdom of God. So I'm going to start out this series asking this question today. What exact, what and where exactly is the kingdom of God? We're going to start off this series by diving into that this morning. Number one, the kingdom of God is an ancient kingdom with an eternal king. It is an ancient kingdom with an eternal king. We have to re realize and recognize that the kingdom of God is from everlasting to everlasting. Just as the Lord himself is eternal, the kingdom of God is an eternal kingdom. See, King David, who was one of the greatest earthly kings, knew this and declared it in the book of Psalms. Psalm 145, 13 says this, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. This is a kingdom that always has been and always will be. Jesus also made this clear when he was speaking about his second coming in Matthew 25. Matthew 25, 34, Jesus said this, then the king will say to those on his right, come to come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. You see that? 
The kingdom of God is from everlasting. It always has lasted. The kingdom of God didn't just get set up when Jesus came here over 2,000 years ago. Is that clear? It didn't just start 2,000 years ago. The kingdom, God, the king of kings, it, he always existed in the, it, from eternity. The kingdom of God always existed. God has always had a kingdom. See, God prepared a kingdom not only for himself. He prepared a kingdom for us here on earth. And he intended for us to reign and rule over it. But then sin entered the picture. And this is what happened. Because of sin, Adam lost the crown. See, God, if you look in Genesis, Adam, he was given dominion over all the earth. Adam and Eve were given dominion over all the earth and, and all the animals and, and everything in it. And then sin entered the picture and they lost the crown. Then Satan illegally seized the crown because of sin. And we see this where he claims and he says that, that, that the kingdoms of, of the earth have been given to me. Well, technically that's not true. He stole them because of sin. But the good news is Jesus came and took back the crown. Amen? The Lord came back to take back the crown. See, the kingdom of God has always been and it always will be. So we got to realize and remember that the kingdom of God is an ancient kingdom with an eternal king. Now, this is the most important thing that we need to realize, because if you think about a kingdom, like this, this next point, the set of this next point, most of the times we think about the kingdom, or again, because, you know, government and the elections and, and politics has been, you know, one of the biggest two things we've been seeing in the news lately. We often think of, of a kingdom as a place of, of where it's at. Like, you know, the, the, there's a kingdom in, in England or in here, a certain uh, geographical location on the planet. But you know, the kingdom of God is different. Number two, it's a present kingdom with an indwelling king. It's a present kingdom with an indwelling king. Look at Luke 17, 20 through 21. One day the Pharisee said, asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, and it's over there. It's not a certain place, here or there. He says, for the kingdom of God is already among you. The kingdom of God is already among you. We're going to see in a minute, some translations say the kingdom of God is inside of you, right? So if the kingdom of God is among us or inside of us, it's not in just one place. It's a present kingdom and it's it, with an indwelling king. So here's the backstory. On, on, on the question that the Pharisees asked. The common misunderstanding of the Jews was that the Messiah would, would come and establish God's kingdom in Jerusalem. He would defeat Israel's enemies, excuse me, and bring in a period of peace, prosperity, justice, and righteousness. So when Jesus came on the scene and began to talk about the kingdom of God, they had a misunderstanding because they thought, well, if, if you're the king of the Jews, why aren't you establishing all these things I just mentioned? Why haven't you overthrown the Romans and whatnot? The Pharisees were apparently challenging Jesus in this question we just read, challenging his claim to be the Messiah because he was not defeating the Romans or establishing his kingdom physically on the earth. Although Jesus did not reject the future manifestation of the kingdom, he pointed out that the kingdom of God was revealed to them through his ministry, though they were missing it. See, that's a good picture of today right now, too. The kingdom of God is among us all throughout the earth, and it's being revealed on a daily basis, every minute, every second, but some people are missing it. And I'm going to venture to say today that even some believers are missing it. 
We can go through the motions without either experiencing, or let me say this, releasing the kingdom of God. For releasing, it's among us, it's, it's inside of us because the indwelling king by his spirit lives inside of us. It's not just one place. I begin to think about this, you know, again, he's revealing his ministry, his, the kingdom of God through words and actions, but he's using people to do it. See, over 2,000 years ago when he wrote, when he said this and they pinned it, the kingdom of God was made manifest through him and then through his, some of his, you know, disciples, his apostles. But today his words and actions are still being released through people, through me and you, through those that are willing. So you got to understand that you are our ambassadors of the kingdom of God. That's why, again, it's not just in one place. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.20. A lot of you are familiar with this verse. So we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. We, I love this, as Christ's representatives, Plead on you, plead with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. Hey, listen, church, what a privilege to be Christ's ambassadors. What a privilege to be ambassadors of the kingdom of God. Amen. One person's excited about that. That, you know what, just like, just, just has a nation has ambassadors that they send out and they represent them, right? We are Christ's ambassadors to the whole planet. You know, you have ambassadors that maybe go to one or two countries. We can go to the ends of the earth and be ambassadors of Christ, be ambassadors of the kingdom of God here on the earth. And listen, we need more ambassadors because the more this earth goes, it's not looking like the kingdom of God's being set up. Am I right or am I wrong? Now, listen, I understand that the Bible says things are going to get worse. But at the same time, I believe the kingdom of God can move forward in a stronger and a greater way. His presence is not, his king, the presence of his kingdom is not just in one place. It's everywhere we are. He said, it's among you. You know, I begin to think about this. My family or your family, like, like my family's not here right now. They come to the second service. We're not just a family when we're together at our house all in one place. Is that right? We're not just a family. To, we're still a family. Even if all of us are spread out in different places, we're still a family, right? It's the same thing with the kingdom of God. What a blessing that the kingdom of God is among us or it's, it's within us. So everywhere we are, that's where the kingdom of God should be. Again, that's where the kingdom of God should be released. See, wherever you are as an ambassador of Christ on the earth, you can manifest his will, his power, and his kingdom. So we're all carriers of the kingdom of God. But let me ask you, are you releasing the kingdom of God in your sphere of influence? If the kingdom of God is inside of us or the kingdom of God is amongst us, are we releasing God's kingdom? Are we releasing his power, his will, his love, his grace, all of these different things? I love this. Did you notice that the apostle Paul doesn't say that we speak for God? What does he say? He said God speaks his word through us. He said God is making his plea through us. And that's why I even pray that. I pray that before, while I'm, before I preach or in, in, in person and, and even in front of the church right here, I'm praying like, Lord, it's not my words I want them to hear. I want them to hear your words. I want you to speak through me. And that's the, that's the key is that God's always had a heart to do his will and release his kingdom on the earth, but it's us that he wants to use. It's us that he is using, right? I mean, think about it. You have all these angelic beings. Thousands and thousands, millions, I don't know how many angels they have. And the Lord can just send his angels to do all these kind of things, but instead he chose me and you to do that. 
right? Remember when the angel appeared to Peter and said, hey, go to Cornelius' house and go tell him basically how to get saved? I always thought about that. Why didn't the angel just go himself? The angel had the whole message. He had it laid out. No, he didn't go appear to this, this Roman soldier to get saved. He went and gave, the angel gave a message to Peter and said, hey, go release this. Release this word. Release the gospel to this man that needs me. Amen? Luke 17, 21. And again, and I've been hitting on this, and here's the, here's the, the, the translation or one of the verses. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is in us by the power of the Holy Spirit is in us. So you see, God's spirit inside of you is his, is your connection to the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit inside of us is our connection to the Lord. And so we're going to look at it was an ancient kingdom. We're going to look in a minute, but we have to understand that the kingdom of God is amongst us. He said, don't look here and there to and fro, but that the kingdom of God is within us because of our indwelling king by his spirit. See, the Holy Spirit empowers us to further his kingdom on the earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, it's not just his kingdom coming down and being stagnant. It's a furthering of the kingdom, right? This week, you know, as it was vets, uh, uh, you know, uh, Veterans Day on Wednesday, and, and we honor our vets on Sunday and Tuesday night at the Men's Supper and, and uh, uh, even Wednesday night here, you know, which, by the way, I just let me just stop and say, I heard you ladies had an awesome time yesterday morning at the women's breakfast. I forgot to mention that. I planned on saying that. I heard it was awesome. My wife unveiled a new name to the women's ministry, Thrive, and I know y'all had a wonderful time. And guess what? That's my boo further in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. So we, we need a, we need a further, like I said, going back to Vets Day, you know, got home the other night and there was one of these war movies on and, and, and throughout, you know, that, through a campaign, a military campaign, it's all about furthering your campaign. It's taking ground. It, it's not, you know, a lot of times, you know, sometimes they have to defend a forward, a defend an area. But you know, when you're looking at these, you watch any of these war movies of like the, you know, documents real life war like world war ii or, or whatever the case may be that's what was on the other night and and you know it's all about furthering it's taking ground it's not just setting up shop planting a flag and saying here we are us four and no more right it's about getting out there each and every one of us and furthering the kingdom of god you see he empowers you to give grace mercy love healing and deliverance that's what we're empowered to do. See, we pray for the Lord to do that. But listen, y'all, we're the hands and feet of Jesus. So the kingdom of God is a, is a present kingdom with an indwelling king. And the third and final thing I want you to see this morning is that is a future kingdom with a coming king. Amen? So it's an ancient kingdom with an eternal king. Always has been here. Always, always, uh, he established it from the beginning of time. He's outside of time and space. This kingdom has, has, has no constraints to time, has no constraints to calendar, has no constraints to, to what, whatever the case may be. It's a current kingdom with an indwelling king. And number three, it is a future kingdom with a coming king. Y'all, the good news in all of this is King Jesus is coming again. King Jesus is coming again. Listen, there's been two names that, that we've been focused on in the media for years. I mean, for this, for the last couple of years, especially this year, as one name we need to focus on with certainty and as King Jesus. Amen. There's a lot of uncertainty still out there about who the next leader of this country is going to be. There's, I'm certain that the king's still on his throne. 
I'm certain that King Jesus is on his throne and they don't have to count votes to make sure of that. Amen? We got to understand that King Jesus is coming again. See, the prophet spoke about this years before Jesus was born. Then the Lord Jesus announced it himself. Let's look at that. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. There's that everlasting kingdom again. You see it? There it is right there. There's another reference. It's an everlasting kingdom. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's army will make this happen. The child that Isaiah was prophesying about, of course, is Jesus. This is a popular Christmas verse right here, right? We read this a lot around Christmas time, but has way more implications than just Jesus being born and us focusing on him on Christmas Day, which is great. But Isaiah, thousands of years before, was prophesying about Jesus, this coming king. See, and it's interesting, the four names listed here, if you read it in, in, in the Hebrew and in, in Hebrew literature, there were actually four throne names signifying the nature of his rule. That's why Isaiah prophesied and said, this is a coming king. This is how he's going to rule his kingdom. The wonderful counselor conforms to God's wisdom. Mighty God is an affirmation of the Messiah's divine nature. You know, it's awesome. Right now I'm reading through the book of John again. If you want to see the deity of Christ, Jesus' divine nature, read slowly through the book of John. Matter of fact, and you may have heard me tell you that. When people first get saved and they give their lives to Christ and I give them a Bible, I always tell them to start in the book of John. Somebody told me, might have been Pastor Todd, told me years ago, it focuses on Jesus' deity. I was reading this morning. I love it. John chapter 8, where, where it focuses, and, and he's, he's going back and forth with the Pharisees, and he keeps telling them, I am. I am the one. I am the one. And you, if you just read that through, you think, okay, he's, he's claiming I am. You don't understand. If you read that, the original language, what he was saying was, the great I am is here. Just as whenever the Lord told Moses back in Exodus, and when he says, man, who, who, if I go back to the people and say that, you know, you're going to deliver them, who do I say sent me? Tell them the I am sent you. Jesus was using the same language saying, I am, I am him. And the, the Pharisees just couldn't take it. They got to a point where they picked up stones and were, were trying to kill him. Why? Because he was declaring that he is God. Thousands of years before, Isaiah prophesied and called him mighty God. See, isn't it crazy when you think about how, this is just a side note, how religion can blind you. Legalism can blind you. This was the teaching of the Pharisees and whatnot. They had the prophets. Matter of fact, that's all they had back then, right? Back then, whenever Isaiah at the time, you know, or the Pharisees at the time, they were living in the time of the New Testament. Their scriptures was the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, the Psalms, and the prophets. That's what they were studying. And right here, he prophesied that this son would be mighty God. Now, they couldn't see that it was Jesus he was prophesying about. So wonderful counselor, mighty God, and he says, the everlasting father cares for his children whose care continues forever. I know a lot of people sitting in this room, listening online, struggle with identifying with God as a heavenly father because your father didn't care for you forever and ever. But our everlasting father's care never ends from this life and beyond. Amen. And then finally, the prince of peace is a leader who will bring peace. 
Listen, every single leader in this country and before promises peace, but none of them can truly bring it. Only the Prince of Peace can bring the peace that we're all looking for in CC. But here's the deal, y'all. You don't have to wait until the next election or whoever the results come out. You can have that peace now. As I was praying with Miss Jean last night, precious, you could about imagine the grief that was pouring out of her. And as we prayed in, in the hospital, walking her out to her vehicle, you know, as you could imagine, she was, she was having a, a hard times at understatement, but me and Daniel and walked her out and he was driving her, his sister home. And, and I just sensed in that moment, that's what I told her. I said, Miss Jean, he promises a peace that surpasses all understanding. I know nobody should bury their child. But in that moment, me and Daniel were praying and praying for the Prince of Peace to come. And you can see her calming down in that moment. Now, I know she has a long road ahead. But listen, we don't have to wait for, first of all, for him to come back. And whoever's sitting on the throne, so to speak, of America or any other political thing, we can tap into peace right now. Amen. So let me say this. I know I'm going to probably step on some toes this morning. That's all right. I brought my own amen this morning. All right. If you're not experiencing peace and getting worked up about everything, you're not tapping into the Prince of Peace. You got to check where your relationship is with Jesus. Because he doesn't say he's the Prince of Peace and he's a leader who's going to bring peace when he comes back in the second coming to reestablish his physical kingdom here on the earth. That's not what he says. He says, my peace I give, give you, my peace I leave with you. When Jesus was ascending into heaven, he said, I'll leave you my peace. It's here. You know, often and even me, we pray for God's peace to be upon people. If You know, technically, if you're a born-again believer and the Holy Spirit's inside of you, God's peace is already in there. We don't have to pray for more peace. We just need to tap into it. Amen? Come on, I'm preaching to myself now, right? Because I, I just admit it. I confess to you, just this morning in my prayer time, I was losing my peace. See, because Jesus said the world cannot take away this peace. He rules with peace. He set up his kingdom in peace. So if we're not experiencing peace, it's not on him, and it's not on the media and everything else crazy going on in 2020. It's we're not focusing on the kingdom. We're not focusing on the king. We're getting our eyes distracted, and we're focusing on everything else. We're focusing on numbers. How many cases? How many votes? How many this? How many that? Let's focus on the Prince of Peace. Amen. Again, I'm not saying you can't be involved in that. Don't hear me wrong. That means I'm not saying be an ostrich and put your hand, head in the sand. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is if you're losing peace over everything going on, you need to realign what you're focusing on. And we need to focus on the Prince of Peace, our everlasting Father, the Almighty God, and our wonderful Counselor. Amen. See, so many people, I put this in my notes, I think I might have covered it. So many people are riled up about our current government or our future government. But we are a part, I love what it says in Isaiah, a perfect government. You see, he noticed he said it twice. He said the government will rest upon his shoulders and his government, this is how he's going to rule. To put it in our terms, this is how he will rule his government. So this is what we need to focus on. Is the government, quote unquote, of the kingdom of God. Not on our government. And again, I encourage you to vote. I hope you did. I did. I went vote. We need to be involved. That's not what I'm saying. But listen, his government is an everlasting one that brings peace, that brings certainty, that brings clarity, even in the midst of all of this. You know, as I, even if I'm seeing this, I'm just thinking, I wonder if all this is happening in 2020 to test where we are. 
You ever thought about that? To see where we are as a church? To see where we are individually? What if the Lord is just allowing these things to happen just to say, okay, you know what? Because your faith is going to be tested by fire. And not only yours, but mine too. Let me point back at myself. The Bible says our faith will be tested by things that we go through. The Bible said that Jesus, or that the Lord tested Joseph's character until the time for his destiny to be fulfilled came to pass. It says that in Psalms about Joseph. So who's to say that all this is going on to test where we are and to encourage us to tap in to the one true king, the everlasting father and the prince of peace. Amen. Now let's look at a vision uh, that the prophet Daniel had. Daniel 7, Daniel 7, 2, uh, Daniel 7, 13, I'm sorry. This is the prophet Daniel. My vision continued that night, and I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race, every nation, every language would obey him. His rule is eternal. There it goes again. That's the eternal kingdom. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. Again, the prophet Daniel, thousands of years before Jesus was born, had a vision about Jesus being established as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That terminology again, honor, authority, and sovereignty was, was God instilling his king over his kingdom, which is his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's God's chosen and anointed king. Matthew 6, Matthew 16, 27 and 28. Listen to what Jesus said. For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. He is coming again, saints. And everybody else out there watching it, any, wherever you are, Today, the Son of Man, the Son of God, Jesus the Messiah is coming again. The good news again is because of this reality, we should preach the gospel of the kingdom. This goes back to my second point of, of, of being ambassadors of Christ, ambassadors of the kingdom. How will people know that the kingdom of God is coming or Jesus is coming again is here if we're not letting them know about the kingdom? You know, I believe this is a great time with all the political uncertainty to preach the gospel of the kingdom. I believe it's a perfect time when so many people are up in arms and so many people are uncertain. Man, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think? How do you think this is going to work out? Man, I don't know. But you know what? There's another king in another kingdom that's already established, and we don't have to wait for results. The results have been in since everlasting and will continue to be the same to everlasting. It's a great time. Come on, you could use this. The Bible says, be as cunning as a serpent and as gentle as a dove. We need to use the, 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 the times that are going on around us to further the kingdom, to preach the kingdom of God. We can also be filled with radiant joy instead of the depression of the world, which honestly, this is where a lot of people are currently. There are a lot of people in our society that are depressed, and you probably know of some of them, and have been since March, and that are struggling. But just like peace, he gives us joy. Right? It's another fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. So listen, we can have joy, and then this is it. Like, man, this is tough. This is hard. We don't know what's going on. But the joy of the Lord is your strength. So you see, we can tap into this radiant joy, which, which is, is just the, the alternative to depression, and, and be filled with strength. 
we are filled also with the hope that we are going to live forever. Amen? That's the great hope is that, you know what? When, when, when we see people pass away and, and people that know the Lord and that believe us, we always encourage them. You don't have to say goodbye. You can just say, see you later. Because the hope is we're going to live in eternity with Jesus and also with our loved ones that have gone before us that have that given their life to Christ. Also, this is awesome. As we wrap it up, we're going to inherit the kingdom with Christ. It's his kingdom, but we're actually going to inherit it with him. Amen? Hebrews 12, 28 says this. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, you may want to highlight that or circle that or underline it or put some asterisks by it or something. Put some Fleur de Lis by it if you're a Saints fan. Do whatever. Let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. Listen, y'all. The kingdom we're inheriting is unshakable. This nation's being shaken. This world's being shaken. Maybe some of you have been shaken, but the kingdom of God we're inheriting is unshakable. Matter of fact, Hebrews goes on to say that things would get shaken. See, this is what's going on again, was written about and was prophesied about. He said things would get shaken till only unshakable things remain. And since we have the kingdom of God inside of us, we're going to inherit this internal kingdom we should be unshakable to. Come on, somebody. Remember, we started with Jesus saying we should seek the kingdom instead of worrying. Look at what else he said about that. Matthew 6, 27. You cannot add any time to your life by worrying about it. And I promise you, when I was sitting in my chair this morning worrying for a few minutes, I promise you I didn't add any time. The opposite is true. I think that's a rhetorical statement. It actually takes time off of your life. When you worry, we all know, I've preached whole messages on worry, that it, Dr. Langino sitting there, he can tell you as a physician, it, the, the physical effects. Is that right, Dr. Langino? If you worry, the physical effects that it has on it. Come on, shake your head. Help me out, brother. Don't let me hang in here. You know, so, correct me later if I'm wrong, you know, but, but no, I know it's right. I've looked at the stats. We've talked about it. I've, this is my doctor. I know it, when you worry, when you stress, you know, the effects it has on your life, it doesn't add. It actually takes time away. You can't add any time by worrying, but you'll add all of eternity by seeking the kingdom of God. What a blessing. We can't add any time. It'll actually take time away off of our life, off of our health, but we can add all eternity. It's a future kingdom with the current eternal king that will last forever and ever. But as we close this morning, I talked about how we're going to inherit an eternal kingdom. But not everyone is going to inherit the kingdom that is coming, which will last forever. This scripture was written to the church. It was written to born-again believers. As born-again believers, we're going to inherit the eternal kingdom. If you're sitting out there today, if you're watching online, you may not inherit it. How do we know that? Because 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10 tells us, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Now listen to the next verse or next statement. Don't fool yourselves. Why don't you take that scripture down for a minute, Doug, please. Don't fool yourself. What I'm about to read, and I just feel strongly about this. Don't fool yourselves. People have been fooled, even in the church, to think everybody is going to heaven. I'm reading this scripture plainly, and I'm even pausing so you pay attention. Don't fool yourselves. It's like he's, he's, he's giving the readers, hey, pay attention here. Paul's telling the Corinthian church, not everybody, if you... That, that's, that's going to inherit the kingdom of God we just laid out. Don't fool yourselves. Now listen to what he says. Those who indulge in sexual sin 
or worship idols, or commit adultery, or male prostitutes, or practice homosexuality, or are thieves, or greedy people, or drunkards, or abusive, or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. He starts by saying that not everybody's going to inherit the kingdom. He lists a bunch of what he clearly lists as sin and says none of these people that indulge in this lifestyle will inherit God's kingdom, the coming eternal kingdom, which we know as heaven. There's some of you sitting in here watching right now. This might be part of your lifestyle. And that's the bad news. But there's good news. You know, by the way, the gospel is the good news. And you can't have good news unless you have bad news. And that's the bad news. It's not, not everybody's going to heaven. God loves everybody. God's going to forgive everybody. I don't know what your Bible says, but this is what the, the word of God, this is what the Bible says. The bad news is if you're living this kind of a lifestyle, anything the Bible deems as sin, it lists quite a few right there. You won't inherit the kingdom. That's the bad news. But the good news is found in the very next verse. Verse 11, some of you were once like that. Some of us, a lot of us in here were once like that. I was. But you, most of those things I was involved in. But you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Anybody can inherit the kingdom of God. That's the good news. Not everybody will, but everybody can. See, we've all sinned, all of us. You see, the rest of us who used to live like this, we called upon Jesus. He forgave us, cleansed us, and now we're right with God. You can do the same thing today. If you're not sure you're going to inherit this, this kingdom that's going to last for all eternity, you can be sure today. Again, I, the Bible can't make it any, any plainer than that in 1 Corinthians, that not everybody's going to inherit the kingdom of God, but everybody can. Amen? Why don't you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? You know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. And it's not because I'm a pastor. It's not because I preach. It's not because, I, you know, I've read through the Bible. It's none of that stuff. It's because I've put my faith and trust in Jesus. Again, I did most of those. I lived the lifestyle of most of the things I just read for years. But one day, I came in this very building, walked down this very aisle, came to this very altar, and, and repented of my sins and trusted in Jesus. The Bible says we've all sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. And the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life, that eternal kingdom that we've been talking about all morning, in Christ Jesus, or through Christ Jesus. So if you're in here this morning, say, Brandon, Man, as you read off some of those, that list of things in, in Corinthians, that's some of my lifestyle. That's some of what I've been doing. And I'm not sure if today was my last day. Church, remember, 52-year-old man walking his dog, gone in the next moment. That could be any one of us in here. That's only 10 years older than me. Any one of us, no matter how, even if you're younger than that. If it happens that quick, where are you going to spend eternity? We're all going to spend eternity somewhere. Where will you spend it? If you're in here today and you say, Brandon, I'm not sure, but I want to make sure that I'm right with God and I spend eternity with him. I want you to slip up your hand. Hands going up already. Praise God. Anybody else? If you're at home too, I can't see your hand, but the Lord can. Anybody else? Ma'am, I see your hand over here in the front. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? I want to take just a couple more minutes and just want to make sure that you know 
that you're going to inherit an eternal kingdom. Those that you at home, those you in here, the Bible says that we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved. Just pray this prayer with me. We're all going to pray it together as a church. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Lord, I know that I've sinned, and I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. Lord, today I turn away from sin. I repent, and I turn to you. I make you my Lord, my Savior, and my King. I pledge my allegiance to you, King Jesus. Now, would you give me the grace and give me the strength to live and advance your kingdom as it is in heaven here on this earth? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, why don't we celebrate with these that made that decision? <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Yes, thank you, Jesus. For those of you that raised your hand, there's a card in the pew in front of you. It says, I made a decision. Fill out that card. Bring it to the info center. We have a Bible for you. We want to give you one. Come on, some, about seven, six or seven guys did this on Tuesday night in the men's supper. Praise God. And a about six or seven of them, maybe eight, got Bibles on their way out. So if you need a Bible, we want to give you one. We want to help you, encourage you on this new journey and help you to release. Remember, the kingdom of God is inside of you. Those of you that just raised your hand like that now, you have the kingdom inside, God inside of you, and you're going to inherit an eternal kingdom. Why don't you stand up and let me pray over the rest of you. Father, I just thank you for coming after us. And Lord God, for being our king. You are a perfect king. You are the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. May we, you, like God, release a greater anointing in us that we can release your kingdom here on the earth. Would you bless these as they go, Lord, today? In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great day. See you soon.